Hey, everybody, we're so excited this year about Collide. We have pastors and church leaders that come in from literally across the nation, and we just take a couple days and pour into you and your staff and the church leaders who want to do some great things for God. Now, we call it Collide because it's the collision between structure and spirit. That's one of the things that we've been dedicated to doing here at Calvary is building a church that has the structure for people to get plugged in, connected, discipled, transformed, and changed changed, but also that beautiful part of the moving of the Holy Spirit. This is a revival house. And we take a couple of days and just pour ourselves into leaders from across the nation. We would love to have you come. So many have joined us through the years and their lives and ministries have been transformed. Now listen, you can come and bring your whole staff. If you bring your entire staff, if there's 10 or more, the cost of registration is reduced by 50%. The more you bring, the more reasonable it gets. But we want you to come. It's going to be a mighty time, February 8th and 9th. I'll be preaching. Bishop Kevin Wallace is going to be with us. And we've got guests that are going to join us. And it's going to be amazing. I hope to see you February 8th and 9th. God bless you. All right. Everybody standing, if you're able, for the reading of God's Word. I am convinced that I need Jesus. Amen. How many of y'all need Jesus up in here? Give me a little more right here. And, and I don't just need him. I want him to be first in my life. I don't want anything to outshine Jesus because I know when I have my priorities right that all that I need is going to be taken care of because I don't have a problem that God can't solve. Come on. So I love this time of the year, Precious, because this time of the year we put God first. Wave at me if you want him to be first. That's where I want him to be. And I love to teach this. There are several things that I feel like I'm on the earth to do. I want to facilitate revival. I want to have a church where the Holy Spirit moves in might and power. But I also want to, I want to live a life that points people and have a ministry that points people to making Jesus number one. Is Jesus number one for anybody in this room? He's number one for me. So today I'm going to talk about that. Deuteronomy 26, 1. It says, and it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you possess it. Anybody ready to possess what God has for you and dwell in it? Then you shall take some of the first, somebody say first, of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from the land that your Lord God is giving you and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to the priest in those days and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to a country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. The priest shall take the, the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of your God. And you shall answer and say to the Lord your God, my father was a Syrian about to perish and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number, and he became a nation, great and mighty and populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers and the Lord heard our voice and looked upon our affliction and labor and oppression. So the Lord brought us out, come on. He brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, I brought the first fruits of the land which you the Lord have given me then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship the Lord your God. So shall you rejoice in everything which the Lord your God has given you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. Look at verse 11. So you shall rejoice in every good thing that the Lord your God has given you and your house. I wonder... If there's anybody here that can rejoice in every good 
that God has given you and your family and your house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then our text says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek the Lord. Seek him what? Seek him first. I want you to look at your neighbor and just say, hey, neighbor. Hold that neighbor's hand if you love them. Squeeze it if you're just trying to love them. Go on. But look at that neighbor and just say, hey, neighbor. I got a word for you. If God is first, then I am next. Oh, come on. I feel faith rising. Somebody's gonna be next to see your son saved. Somebody's gonna be next to see your son delivered. Some of us, somebody's gonna be next to see your daughter delivered. Somebody's gonna be next for a breakthrough. Anybody ready to be next in the room? Here's the key. Put God first, and then we'll be next. Oh, I love that. Slip up your hands. Father, today we're here to learn because we desire more of you. We're here today to say we want you to be first. We don't want you somewhere on the list. We want you at the top of the list. God, I thank you for our open doors in 24. And we're going to see them, God, because we put you first. We give your name the praise. If you love the Lord, come on, give him an ovation of praise. Are you scared to shout? I love you guys so much. Be seated. If God is first, then I am next. Welcome by live stream from around the world. 35,000, 38,000, however many it is, subscribe now to YouTube. And we're so glad to have you. Let's give all of our guests from around the world a God bless you. You're part of our family. Remember now, we declared that this is the year of the watchman. We know that it's the year of the door prophetically. But God spoke to me that it's not enough for us to understand that this is the year of the door. We also have to be watchmen. We have to watch what's coming in. Are there any watchmen in the room? If you're gonna watch over your family, watch over your heart, watch over your life, help me watch over this house. If you're gonna be a watchman, make a little noise in the room right now. We're watchmen. That means we're not allowing the devil to get anything in that's not God's plan. We're gonna be watchmen. But here's what I've come to understand about true watchmen of God. God's watchmen put him first. If we are God's watchmen, then he is the great priority. Now, the Bible said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. In our Western mindset and philosophy, Often what we like to do is gather up all of our things, everything we desire and everything we want, and then try to fit God in to the things that we have. But God said that mindset is a broken mindset. He said, you don't understand that everything you're trying to acquire on your own and everything you're trying to get on your own, if you'll put me first, I'll get it all together for you. I'll, I'll make it all happen for you. There's things you can't make happen by yourself. But if you put God first, everything else will be added. So I declare that this is a year of addition for you, not subtraction. I declare that as you put God first, everything that's in his plan to add to you, joy, peace, victory, healing, deliverance, breakthrough, prosperity, come on. Everything he desires to add to your life, he adds to it because you've got him in his place. Somebody that receives that, will you, will you give him praise right now? It's very powerful to understand that the prerequisite of experiencing this reality is one word, seek. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. Now understand here that seek is a word of worship. Whatever you continually seek has your heart. Seek here means to pursue. It means to run after. It literally, if you trace the context of the word, it means to build a life that is worthy of his honor. I want to build my life in a way that God is honored. So seek his kingdom, but don't just seek it, seek it first. 
He said, I'm not going to fit on your list. He said, I'm preeminent. I've always been and I've always will be. There's nothing or no one that came before me. I've always been. There is, I don't have a predecessor. He said, so if you're going to seek me, you can't put me down at number five or number three or number two. He said, the only place I'm comfortable is number one. And he said, if you put me first, he said, if you make me number one, see, I really can't help you with two, three, four, and five if I can't get you right on number one. He said, but when you put me at number one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven will come together. There's things on your list that God is gonna take care of because you put him first. First is a very powerful word. I'm doing a little teaching now. First means chiefly. It means first of all, first in rank, first in time, first in place, first in order of importance. It's from the origin of the word foundation. So whatever is first in your life is the foundation. If you're gonna build a house, what do you have to do? You have to lay the foundation. So first is a foundational word. Here's what you've got to understand. If you're taking notes, write this down. Foundation is what everything else is built on. If you're any kind of leader and you lead people, you need to let those people know that you really can accomplish a lot if the foundation isn't sure. So putting God first is foundational. Without foundation, you, you have nothing to build on. So build your family on Jesus. Build your job on Jesus. Build your future on Jesus. See, see, here's what you've got to understand. Life comes into alignment when you place and keep God first. I got about half of you that are there. When you make God first, life comes into alignment. So I declare that this year, things that have been out of line, come on somebody, are coming into alignment. I need somebody right now who wants to bring your life into alignment, make a little noise if you want it to. Now, Y'all know how I grew up. I, we, we, we didn't have a whole lot. And my first car that I ever had was a 1971 Plymouth Fury 3, four-door. Big, long, and green. Come on, somebody. Looked like the Batmobile. You needed hinges to turn it. Come on, that's how long it was. And I would ride down the road jamming to the AM radio. And, and you know how much that car cost? It cost $100. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Me and my dad bought it out of a man's front yard. And my, I'm thinking, you know you have these grand ideas. I'm gonna get me a Mustang. I'm gonna get me a nice car. No, I got a 1971 Granddaddy Plymouth Fury 3. It had that, that couch seat in it. Oh, y'all ain't 12. It didn't have bucket seats. And you would reach down under here. And back then, we didn't put babies in car seats or nothing like that. Is everybody nine years old or so? How many of y'all had a car like that? Wave at me. And you would reach under there, and my dad would grab something under there. And he, my dad was a big guy. And he would rock it. He'd say, okay, we're going to move the seat forward. Ready? One, two. Three, and half of it would move up and half of it would stay back. And my dad would say, I told y'all we're moving the seat forward. Everybody rock with me right now. But I remember that car, $100, and every day I stopped at McDonald's on the way to school. 
And everybody thought, man, Rayleigh must have some money. He can go to breakfast every day at McDonald's. Baby, I wasn't going to breakfast. I had a gallon jug in the trunk of that car because I couldn't go more than five miles without it running hot. So every four or five miles, I had to stop and pour a jug of water in the radiator. Y'all don't know how poor I was, come on. But that car, periodically, it was out of alignment. In fact, it was out of alignment all the time. And you know when your car is out of alignment, it pulls its own way. When the car is out of alignment, it doesn't go where you want it to go. And I declare that some of y'all have been living a life that is out of alignment. And you've been pulling your own way. But I hear the Holy Spirit that say that this year, you're getting your life in alignment. And you're gonna get to your destination. Anybody ready to stop pulling your own way and get your life in alignment? Give him a praise right now. Give me a little more right here. Now, watch this. I want my life to be in alignment this year. I want, I want to understand that I'm, I'm walking fully in God's plan. Too many people, y'all, are hooked on surviving. Well, if I can just survive, Pastor. Apostle, if I can just make it one more day. Let me tell you something. I want to do more than just survive. I want to do more than just barely make it. See, here's what I've come to understand. Struggles are overrated. I don't mind struggling sometimes, but I don't want to struggle all the time. I don't want my life to be in constant crisis. And I found out that a lot of times, y'all may not amen me here, but I'm going to go ahead and preach it. A lot of times when my life is in the most drama and my life is in the biggest struggle, it's because I haven't yielded myself to the Spirit of God and been submissive to Him. But I declare that this year we don't struggle. I declare that this year we're not full of strife. I declare that this year we get our life in alignment. Hallelujah. And we walk faithfully before the Lord. Are you ready for a year that's not full of struggle, but a year that's full of faith and power? If you're ready to go with apostle, give God a praise right now. Struggles are overrated. I said struggles are overrated. Now, this year, I want you to, to make some right decisions. This year, precious, as somebody who's about to turn 40 years old in three days, plus 20, come on. I'm gonna turn 60. <laughs> we'll be fasting, but I guarantee you, <laughs> We're fasting until January 28th. January 28th that evening. Some of y'all are gonna finish a fast cute with chicken soup or I'm just gonna have a movie, not me, baby. I'm going all the way in, hallelujah. And then I'll pay the price for it. But it's important this year, are you hearing me, precious, that you make right decisions. Tell somebody in your neighborhood, make right decisions. See, see, I'm, I'm going to put God first this year. I, I want to live my life in such a way that God knows he's number one. Amen. I'm making that decision. When I bring my first fruits offering next week, I'm making a decision that in every way I've been fasting, praying, now I'm going to give. Lord, I'm putting you first. Let me kind of share it like this. Five frogs sat on a log, and one decided to jump off. This is deep theology right here. <laughs> How many frogs are left? Five. You know why? Because deciding is not, do, is not doing. Doing is doing. So you have to move beyond just deciding. One frog decided to jump off, but he didn't jump off. Right. I, we, I declare that this year, you are moving beyond deciding and you're moving into doing. So how many of you want to connect your deciding and doing this year and you're going to jump in and make God first? Amen. Now some of y'all say, well, Apostle, every year you talk to us about first fruits and 
I'm always amazed at how many people sow and give and connect with us and fast and pray during this season. And we're going to open up the church this week and we're going to have our sacred season and pray and seek the Lord. I'm always amazed by that. But you may be here and you'd say, well, well, you know, I love it, Apostle, when you do this time and it's good for everybody else, but it's not good for me. I prefer not to fast. I prefer not to pray. And I really don't prefer this whole fruit, first fruits thing. Uh, but what you've got to understand, precious, is this. Wise people live their lives on principles, not on preferences. Amen. Oh, that was deeper than you know. I live my life on principles. I, I, I'm faithful to my wife because I live my life on the principle of the word of the Lord. I've come to church because uh, it's the principle of my life to fail not the forsaking of with my brothers and sisters as the days grow evil. I read the word because it's the principle in my life that I want to live by. Wise people live their life on principle, not on preference. Principle says I'm putting God first because here's what I've come to understand as I read the Bible, God desires first things. First things belong to God. You say, apostle, I love God. But understand this, the law of loving always releases the law of giving. Some of y'all say, oh, apostle, I've been dating this guy, some of you girls. He don't buy me nothing, but he loves me. Where are y'all at? He he might take me to the Chick-fil-A and we share some French fries. Let me tell you something. Brother don't love you. Because when a man loves a woman, where y'all at? I need to talk to some real people. All you men look straight ahead and act like you're too cool for school. But when you really love that girl, baby, you'll take out that credit card and you'll say, give her what she wants. Come on. Y'all, I, 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 listen, I walk around the mall. My wife will say, hold this purse, and she'll be looking at stuff, click, 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 click. And 20 minutes later, I'm still walking around with the purse. I will never carry your purse. I will, and if you got a purse, brother, I feel sorry for you, but that's another message. I will never carry another woman's purse, but I will carry that woman's purse to the North Pole because I love her. The law of loving always precedes the law of giving. Whoever you love, you give to. So let me ask you, is there anybody here today who loves the Lord? If you love him, give him praise. When you you give to God first, when you put God first, when you make him your priority, you're acknowledging, watch now, the position that he has in your life. You're letting the enemy know and the Lord know. Lord, you hold tight to my heart. You are my priority. And if you can't part with what God desires, hello, if you can't part with what God desires, the question's got to be asked, where is your heart? And what has your heart? Because the Bible said where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Whatever you love and prioritize gets the best of you. So this sacred Sunday, next week, we are putting God first. We're putting him in his proper place, in his position. He's not Santa Claus, y'all. He's not a sugar daddy. Listen, this is not a time when we're trying to manipulate God. This is a time when we are saying, God, we want you to be first. We want you to understand that in every way in our life, you are first. This is not a magic formula. This is a faith formula. Hallelujah. This is us, God, putting the Lord first. If you want to put God first this year, make a little noise across this room. So we're going to be doing this next week. When you give first and in advance, here's what you're doing. You're you're anticipating a greater harvest that is to come. 
when you put God first. It's a divine principle that began all the way back in the Old Testament. And when you implement a divine principle, here's what you need to be expected to do. You need to expect to reap a, a divine reward. Old Testament obligations become New Testament opportunities. When we do what the Bible says, we will get what the Bible promises. I wonder if there's anybody who hears what I'm saying. How many of you believe that God does not lie? Okay, how many of you believe that it's true about your salvation? That you are born again? Let me hear from the people who know you are born again right now. It's true. I don't care who thinks you're not saved, you're saved. I don't care who talks about you like you're not born again, you're born again. I don't care who tries to bring up your past, you are saved, sanctified, you are separated, you are selected by God, and nothing they say can change it because the Bible is true, hallelujah. How many of you believe it's true that the Lord is on your side? How many of you believe that it's true that you are the head and not the tail? Oh, I'm looking for somebody in the room. How many of you believe that you are above and not beneath? How many of you believe that you are more than a conqueror? So you cannot do, then if you believe all that about the Bible, look at me now. We cannot do what the Bible instructs and not receive what the Bible promises. Now watch this. Your giving signals your harvest that God is involved in your life. Your giving shouts out to your harvest, come on somebody, and said this year, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This year, no weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. This year, the Lord is on my side, hallelujah. This year, God is opening doors that no man can shut, that he's shutting doors that no man can open. Your giving is a signal to your harvest. Glory be to God, I feel the Holy Ghost in that thing. So, the Bible says in the New Testament that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. That means a hilarious giver. That means an excited giver. That means somebody who is just overwhelmed with the opportunity to give. It means a giver that knows that God is on his side. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. See, I've been preaching for 40 years. I'll take a grouchy one. <laughs> but God loves a cheerful giver. So, so the first fruits offering was always brought to the Lord in an atmosphere of thanksgiving. So I want anybody and everybody who has anything to thank God for, even before next week, one, two, three, thank him right now. Come on, I got, I got a lot of teaching to do, but I need you to just look at one neighbor and just say, neighbor, I believe that you are a lot more blessed than you just let on. So I want everybody that's thankful right now. I ain't hyping you up, but if you want to thank him, thank the Lord right now. Hallelujah. that's so powerful to me. Now Dawn and I have been praying. There's some things that I need God to do in my life. You guys see us up here and see us leading the, 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 the churches and all that we do, but you don't know that there are breakthroughs that we desperately need. Come on now. 
that there are things that we need the Lord to do. And we talked about this today. We began to pray and we, been, we always pray about our seed. But we talked about the fact that there's things we're believing God for. So I want you to hear me now. I want you to understand this. As Dawn and I give next week, we're giving our offering base number one on Daddy's been good and he don't owe me nothing. Come on, church. God don't owe me one thing. You won't hear preaching like that in very many places. God doesn't owe me anything. If he never did another thing for me, baby, what he's already done for me is enough and I would serve him every day that I live. But I'm so glad that he doesn't do for me because he owes me. He does for me because he loves me. Because I'm the apple of his eye. First fruits offering was brought before the Lord thankfully. So, Don and I, we are giving out of thanksgiving. But watch this. We are also giving with faith. <laughs> Man, I feel that. I'm giving in thanksgiving, but I'm also giving in faith, knowing that the God who made a way here will make a way here. That God's gonna reverse the curse this year. That I'm gonna walk in health and healing this year. That I'm gonna walk in the joy of the Lord this year. And I'm giving it in faith. And God, you don't have to do it for me to give it to you. Your record is so good that I can give it to you knowing that anything you ever were, you still are, so I can give it in faith. It's where thanksgiving and faith collide. It's where thanksgiving and faith come together. Even the children in the Bible during first fruits, they would come with the baskets on their heads and they would bring their own offerings and they would see their parents giving to God. This generation needs to see a church full of people who know how to put the Lord first. Not society first, not money first, not our agendas first, but put the Lord first. Our children need to see us living a life that is worthy and honorable before the Lord that puts him first. Now, watch this. They brought the offering of seven crops. Somebody say seven crops. That's significant because seven represents rest. Anybody declaring rest this year? I'm not talking about slumber. I'm talking about rest. Who's ready for a rest from some financial issues? God help me. A rest from some physical issues. Rest from some family issues. Some of y'all can't shout because your family's on your road, but I see you. Just wink at me. Come on, just, just wink at me. Just do the side eye. Come on, just say, yeah. And you know what? While you're giving them the side eye, they're pointing all the way down at you. But how many of you are ready for some rest, for some family issues, for some financial issues, from the things that have troubled you? And when I say rest, I don't mean that we're going to sleep and we're not going to produce, but I declare that we will produce from a place of rest. How many of you are ready for a year of restful productivity? Come on. It's where I win, but I don't strive to win. It's where I, my preparedness and my faith in God and my prerequisites have prepared me now that I will walk in every good thing that God has for me. If you're ready for restful productivity, just open your mouth and give him praise right now. Restful. Not gonna be wore out this year. I ain't gonna let crazy people wear me out. Y'all, I'm getting off my notes right now. I ain't gonna let knuckleheads, God, God help me. 
The devil will put crazy people in your life. I better get back on my nose. The devil will put people in your life with one agenda, and that is agenda is to rob you of your rest and steal your joy. But I declare that this is the year that we walk in restful productivity. If I'm only preaching to myself, I'll clap. But if that's you, give the Lord a praise if you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. So they brought seven fruits symbolizing rest. Now watch. Five fruits were in the field green, but only two were actually ripened. Only the wheat and the barley was actually in the barn. The other five they brought by faith were still green, but they went into the field and they harvested some of the olives, some of the date, some of the pomegranate. They, they harvested these fruits and they brought them to the Lord along with the wheat and barley. And they were saying, here's what we declare. The God who gave us the wheat and the barley and put it in the barn is gonna be faithful with the grape, the fig, the pomegranate, the olive, everything else that God promised will come into my life. So they were acknowledging his faithfulness in the past, but they had confidence in what he was gonna do in the future. In fact, they, would, they did something called a wave offering and they had a wheat loaf and they had a barley loaf and they would wave it before the Lord. And one loaf represented what God had done and the other loaf represented what God was able to do. And they would wave that before the Lord and say, God, I'm praising you for what you've done and I'm gonna give you glory for what you're able to do. I dare somebody right now. Y'all, this bread looks good. Come on. I'm about to reach down there and take a bite of it. Y'all better pray for me real quick. If there was some butter up here, it would be over, but the Lord has given me strength. Hallelujah. He would wave it saying, thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. I dare somebody right now. Just thank him for what he's already done. Mm. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and wave your hand and thank him. But then... He would wait, yeah, that's all right. You go ahead. Go ahead and praise the Lord. Y'all think that scares me? Baby, let me tell you, that man got a revelation of the goodness of God. So somebody thank him for what he's done and get your other hand in the air and now thank him for what he's gonna do. One, two, three, give him praise in here. Good Lord. You know, usually we use this bread that has been shellacked and it's hard, but this is fresh bread. It's soft. Get behind me, devil. <laughs> Y'all religious folk can't handle this. You say, well, well, apostle, I'm fasting and I'm hungry. You're supposed to be hungry. Kind of how it works. But I, I did a deeper study this year. I love the word. Anybody love the word with me? I just love it, man. I was up early this morning and God was just speaking to me. But as I was studying, I had kind of glossed over this, but the Lord really dropped it in my spirit this year. And when the priest would get those loaves, number one, the wheat, and number two, the barley, he, he would wave those loaves, but he would wave them four directions. He would wave them to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. Every direction that he waved them, he was saying, God is protecting me on the north side, He's protecting me on the south side. 
He's protecting me on the west side and he's protecting me on the east side. I need somebody right now who can wave your hands and say, God is protecting my family on the north side, the south side, the west side, and the east side. <sighs> that everywhere I turn, I'll see the goodness of God. Even if I go through a hard time, everywhere I turn, I, every time I turn around, he'll be making a way. Come on. But then they would wave the offering up high and they would wave it down low. And what they would say is this, there's nothing above the goodness of God, there's nothing beneath the goodness of God. So I'm covered all around, I'm covered above and I'm covered beneath. And any rain that falls in my life, it'll be favorable rain, that's what they were saying. Any rain that comes in my life will only be rain that makes me grow. It won't defeat me, so I want anybody who'll just wave your hands up and wave them down and give God praise that this year, God's got you covered. But in the Bible, bread is very symbolic. Bread means something, that's why Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now watch, wheat and barley and bread represent love, charity, fellowship, it represents fellowship and peace. Bread was made from those crops and when you broke bread with someone, it symbolized peace. So we're moving in a time when the devil wants the church to be divided and ugly. But I declare that this year, y'all don't get mad at me, I'm just gonna say it. We're not gonna act crazy during elections. We're not gonna be divided by the devil. We're not gonna let agendas of hell get in this house, but we're going to have peace with the brotherhood. Give God a praise, somebody. We're gonna have peace. And God's gonna have his way. But watch this. When, when, when we bring first fruits to the Lord, we're declaring that this will be a time of sweet fellowship. Sweet fellowship with your family. Sweet fellowship with your mate. I need that. Not that you're not awesome, but I just love you to pieces, babe. And I want our family to be filled with the sweet fellowship of the Lord. These have been the best years. Can I talk to you? And they're only gonna get better. Cause you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get nicer. I'm gonna get more generous. You think I've been good in the past? Girl, you ain't seen nothing yet cause you fine like wine. Every year you get more pretty. Come on. I just need a moment there. How many of you are ready for good fellowship with your family? Good fellowship with your friends? Good fellowship with your children? Can I say this? Even your lost children. It'll be the love of God that brings them in. So y'all ready to declare something with me? Can you do it? You, you remember what I did? The, the death and life is in your tongue. So, so raise up your hands and I'm gonna hold up the bread and you pretend like you got bread in your hands, but don't take a bite of it. Come on. Say this after me. Say this year. This year we, claim we claim a year, a year of, peace of peace and fellowship, love and generosity. If you claim that, give God a praise. All right. The third fruit that was offered was dates. Dates represent sweetness. In the Bible, it said that God would give them a land flowing with milk and honey. We think of honey from bees, but I've been to the Holy Land many times and they don't really eat bee honey there as much. They eat date honey. And dates represent sweetness. The Bible says that the promised land would be that land that would flow with honey. So when most Jewish people think of honey, they don't think of bee honey, they think of date honey. And there are literally millions of date trees. The desert has bloomed and there are millions of date trees providing Israel with incredible sweetness. So this year, I'm declaring that I'm gonna have a sweet year. Anybody in these sections want a sweet year? Y'all want a sweet? 
How about all the way over here, y'all want a sweet gear? How about way up in the overflow? Y'all want a sweet gear? How about online? So, not a bitter year, but a sweet year. So, we're, we're talking about first fruits. First fruits is certainly our resources, but it's beyond that. It's our whole life. Our first fruits this year, it's our life, it's our resources. So, raise your hands. Oh, I'm holding the bread again. Y'all see where I got my mind. Raise your hands right now and say, this year, as we prepare our first fruits, we declare that this will be a year of sweetness. Come on. All right, then there's fourth fruit was pomegranates. Pomegranates represent righteousness in Jewish culture. God gave Moses instructions and he said, embroider, embroider the pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet at the bottom of the priest's robe. The high priest wore this when he entered into the Holy of Holies. So I declare that this year we're gonna be reminded that we have access to the presence of God. But it represented something very powerful. It represented peace, it represented forgiveness, and it represented grace. It was very important to understand that when they brought that pomegranate to the Lord, they were making a declaration of faith. So I want you to raise your hands if you're ready to make this declaration with me. Say, as we prepare to bring our first fruits of faith this year, we claim a year of manifesting his righteousness to a hurting world. If you wanna join apostle in doing that, give God praise right now. Okay, grapes were the fifth, and grapes were made into wine, and wine represents joy. And whenever there was a feast and celebrations, the Jews served wine. So here's what I declare over you, are you ready? God is opening doors of joy for you this year. Who's ready for doors of joy? Come on, I want radical people. Who needs some doors of joy? Open up your mouth. Depression's gotta go. Anxiety's gotta go. Worry's gotta go. Tell your neighbor, you're gonna like me better this year. I'm gonna tell more jokes this year. I'm gonna be so funny this, come on now, I'm gonna have joy. All right, you ready to, to declare it? Say this, say, as we prepare to bring our first fruits this year, we are declaring supernatural joy and contentment. If you're ready for joy, give God a praise. Figs, number six, represents safety and prosperity in the Bible. The Bible says in 1 Kings that each man was to dwell safely under their fig tree. So here's what I'm saying by faith, that God is going to cause this year to be a year of protection and blessings and safety. How many of you want the angels to encamp around about your house this year? How many of you want the angels camped around your children this year? Come on, make a little bit of noise if you want to be protected this year. Y'all, if the devil could have killed you, you'd already been dead. If the devil could have took you out, he'd have took you out a long time ago. But if God has protected you before, give him some praise right now. So raise up your hands and let's make a radical declaration. Say, as we prepare. Shout it out. Say, as we prepare to bring the first fruits to the Lord. I believe this year to be a year that God will open doors of blessing and safety in my life. If you believe it, give God praise. Finally, number seven, the seventh fruit is the olive. Now the olive represents the anointing. And here's what I declare. We're gonna walk in some fresh oil this year. We're gonna walk in new anointing this year. David said, I, will be anointed with fresh oil. Anybody ready to be anointed with fresh oil? Come on. I grew up 
and we had the communion table that sat right in front of the, of the stage that had a flower on it. How many of y'all grew up in that kind of church? And always had a flower. There's a funeral, there's a bunch of flowers in the church because we kept the flowers. I always hated them. I wanted them to get out. My dad wanted all the flowers. No, don't leave them in the church. Everybody knows somebody died. We ain't trying to die in here. We're trying to live. But we had a bottle of oil that sat on the communion table. And it had been there since shortly after the crust of the earth cooled. Come on, somebody. Where the old folk at? You know what I'm talking about. And they would take that oil and they would, man, they would slather you real good with that oil. And the problem with that oil was it stank. Y'all know how we used to do it. It smelled so bad. That oil was so nasty. We didn't, now we, when we anoint people, we anoint them with myrrh oil and frankincense oil and we smell all good. Baby, we came up the hard way. They put that old oil that had been there for 30 years. But I found something out about oil. If you don't use it, it gets rancid. And the problem is, <laughs> there are people in here, you've been trying to fight today's battle with yesterday's oil. You've been trying to get today's victory with yesterday's oil. But I declare that in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm gonna say it again, I declare that in the mighty name of Jesus, that we are going to fight our battles with fresh oil. If you're ready for fresh oil, open up your mouth and give God a praise. Okay, I want you to raise up your hands. Uh, let me hear from, let me hear you shout one time if you're ready for fresh oil. Okay, hold up your hands. This is gonna be powerful because it's the year of the open door. Say, we will walk through mega doors effectual doors of anointing full of praise in 2024. Come on, your anointing is gonna open some doors. Your anointing is gonna shift some things. Your anointing is gonna turn some things around. So next week, we're going to come and we're going to bring our first fruits to the Lord. God gave me this many years ago and now churches across the nation are doing it and to God be the glory. God gave me this concept for first fruits and literally across the nation, millions of dollars are raised for the kingdom and we just join in with that now. But it originated right here. And all these churches just picked it up because when it's good and it's God, you wanna do it. Amen. Some of y'all say, well, you know, I just, if I can just, if I can just hang on, apostle, if I can just hang on. And that's where the devil wants you to live, either in defeat or survival. He doesn't care so much if you live. He just doesn't want you to have life. If I can just kind of maintain, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you declare that this, this year. This year is not about holding ground. This year is about taking ground. I want the people who want to do more than just hold ground this year to give God a praise. I don't want to just hold ground. Say, if God is first, then I am next. So next week on Sacred Sunday, January 28th, we'll offer this church to the Lord. If you don't think this church belongs to the Lord, and every service belongs to the Lord, and every moment belongs to the Lord, then you don't really know my heart. You don't know me. I want Jesus in here more than I want anybody else in here. Because I know if I can get him in the room, everything else takes care of itself. 
So I want this church to belong to Jesus. I, t I tell him all the time, Lord, this is your church. This is your house. It's your service. I said that this morning when I gathered my staff to pray over the service. I said, Lord, every moment is yours. There's not one thing we have planned that you can't interrupt. So we're gonna present our church to the Lord. We're gonna offer our first fruits to the Lord. What is that, Apostle? Remember, it's the, it's the first. Some of you to be the first day of your work pay. Some of you to be the first week. We have many people give the first week. We have lots of people who give the first month. But it's the first. You're setting it aside. It's a sacrificial seed. It's you saying, God, I'm putting you first and I'm signaling to my harvest that you're involved in it. Dawn and I came to church together this morning and we talked all the way in about things where we were believing for and things we wanted to see in our lives. Now, I don't believe that you can take someone somewhere you've never been. I don't want a leader who tells me to live one way and that leader lives another. Now, I'm a flawed man, but I, don't, I can't handle a leader like that because you don't reproduce what you want, you reproduce what you are. So as we talked, Dawn and I have some big things we're asking God to do. And we both came to the conclusion that we are going to give the most sacrificial seed of our whole life, that we're gonna lay it on the altars. We're gonna give it to God. It doesn't make sense for us to do it in many ways, but we're going to do it because we're putting God first. And we've attached three things to that seed. And we've told the Lord, anything you do outside of that, we know you're able. But these are three big things that we're asking you to do. You say, well, Apostle, what is it? None of your business. I'm not going to tell you. But it's big for me. And so I'm taking my seed and I'm going to put it in the ground. And I'm going to say, God, no. Among all the other things that I know you already do, I'm trusting you to do these things. So I would challenge you, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I'm put, you how many of you believe this is the year of open doors? Come on, wave at me. It's gonna be powerful because next Sunday, I'm putting doors all over this place. And when you bring your sacred season seed, you're gonna walk through the door and say doors of deliverance, doors of power, doors of blessing, doors of prosperity, doors of joy, doors of effectiveness, doors of breakthrough, doors of salvation, doors of hope, doors of healing, doors of power, doors, doors, doors. Anybody ready to walk through every door God has for you? If you're ready, if you believe, if you put him first and you're next, nobody leave. Just jump on your feet and give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Come on, one, two, three, shout unto God. So I want you to come with me. I'm going to be here tomorrow night and I'm going to pray with you. We're gonna spend an hour together. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday will be prayer and worship. And it's gonna be powerful. We're gonna have a worship team here. But Friday night, we're gonna pray and worship, but we're gonna have revival. Anybody ready for revival? Just whatever God wants, that's... But this week, this is going to be our sacred assembly. We're gonna to come together. What I want you to do this week, precious, how many of you received everything I taught today? Come on, if you did, give God praise. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you do this week. I want you to really take time and seek the Lord. I believe he'll speak to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're in the room and you'd say, Apostle, I really need to put the Lord first, 
because there's sin in my life. There's things that keep me from him and I can't experience his bless, his best for my life because I haven't made him Lord completely of my life. And apostle, when you pray for somebody, pray for me because I want to make Jesus Lord of my whole life. There's sin in my life that alienates me and separates me from him. And I need to get that sin underneath the blood. I want all these promises, Apostle, that you've talked about. And I need you to pray for me. I'm not trying to embarrass you today, but if you're not where you need to be with God and there's sin in your life, and that sin has alienated you, maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you, maybe you have, but you've fallen away and you know there's sin in your life. If you're not where you need to be with God, when I count to three, raise your hands. Say, Apostle, if you're praying, pray for me. One. Jim Rayleigh, if you're going to remember somebody, I'm not where I need to be. i got to get it right today. Two, Apostle, there's things I need, ought to, should put under the blood. When you pray, pray for me. Three, slip up your hand right now. Hands have already been lifted. Glory be to God across this room. Wow. Wow, I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you held your hand up, keep it up. Five, four, I want to get it right today, Apostle. Three, two, one. If you raised your hand and you really meant business and you're ready for change, I want you to make your way to the altar. I promise you won't come by yourself. Watch if somebody raised their hand next to you. Move back so they can come. This is a day of surrender and transformation. Here they come. If you want to come, move across the room right now. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus and you're waiting for a new start, if somebody next to you raised their hand and they're apprehensive about coming, get them by the hand and you come with them if they'll come with you. I wish you would clap as people come because they'll come from across the room. Pastor John, somebody worship the Lord as people come. life in this audience make a little noise right now there's not one issue that you have that God can't take care of but this is in this moment we're just gonna put God first so hand on your heart slip up your other hand see this right here is the test of, of, of if God is in the house it's if people give their hearts to Jesus it's when they surrender their lives to the Lord if that happens that means the Holy Spirit is here because Jim Rayleigh didn't draw them, the Holy Spirit drew them. So I want you to take your hand and push it on your heart. And everybody raise your hand and pray this after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart and wash it clean in your precious blood. Today, I'm putting you first. I'm surrendering my life. I declare that you are the Lord Jesus 
the King Jesus, King of my life. I thank you now that from this day forward, I'm washed in your blood. You have a plan for my life. I'll walk out your plan. Say it, say, I'll walk out your plan. Say it again, say, I'll walk out your plan. And now say this, say, thank you, Lord, for a brand new start. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a praise, everybody. All the workers go through them. Everybody else, stretch your hands out right now. Just stretch your hands out right now toward them. Now, I'm going to be in the back. If you're my special guest, I want to shake your hand. I want to hug you back. If you want to be a part of Collide, you feel prompted to do more for Jesus. You want to grow in the ministry. Stop by in the back and register. It's going to be a mighty time. And most of all, keep the Lord first. Pray about your sacred season offering. There's no Sunday like Sacred Sunday. It's going to be mighty. You by live stream, if you prayed that prayer, just put salvation in the comments and we'll reach out to you. Everybody stretch your hands toward these. Father, we bless these that have given their hearts to you that have made this submission and surrender before you. And we declare from this day forward, they'll never be the same again in Jesus' name. Now, I want all my staff, Debbie, I want you to come help me. I want y'all to come and surround these. Come on. Jamie, I want you guys to come. John and Kim, if you see somebody that you can come behind, and we're going to pray. Pastor John's going to sing, Do You Love the Lord? Are you next? I said, Are you next? Are you next? Give God a shout if you're next. God bless you. I love you. If you're watching the message, I'm sure this spoke to you. Here's what I want you to do. Why don't you subscribe to this YouTube channel? That way, every time there's a new message, you'll get to hear it. Also, many of you have watched this. Some of you watch on a regular basis. Why not take time and so You can give at calvaryfl.com. You can give on your phones, and you can be a part of helping us take this message around the world, the message of hope the message of Jesus Christ. Can't wait to see you back here real soon.